0: The book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van I'm your host, and I am thrilled to bring you an interview today with my guest, Brian Meeks. Welcome, Brian. Hey, I'm glad to be here. This is exciting. This is a lot of fun for me, too. I was really looking forward to this interview. Uh, we have had the pleasure of meeting in person. We were able to yeah. hang out in Chicago um, to the wee morning hours of, of the night, yes. even, <laughs> um, probably to our detriment. Um, but we've had a lot of fun, uh, and I've enjoyed getting to, you know, of course, meet you in person, and I, I can't sure. thank you enough for taking time out of your day to come and say hi to us.
1: I, I absolutely love doing this, and we did have a good time, and it wasn't until the next day that we really paid the price for that.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Best best decision all, all around, <laughs> exactly. sure. yeah. No regrets. Um, so, Brian, we were just chatting just a little bit before we went on the air that you have had sort of an interesting story where you didn't just start out massively successful as an author out of the gate, as many of us oh, don't, but you had a little bit of a blogging experience first, and then you started writing fiction. For those uh, readers in the audience, can you tell people, first of all, um, before we get into the book that we have featured here, The Mastering Amazon Ads and your, your skills as a, a marketer, can you ta- sure. tell us a little bit about what you write first, as, and you as an author?
1: Well, as you said, I began with blogging, and mm-hmm. after i have been doing it for a little while, about... Well, actually, it was exactly 29 days. I hadn't intended on writing fiction, but on that particular day, I didn't really have any subject for my blog. And so I decided I would tell the story of what I'd done that day, which was just purchasing a Bausch one-quarter a horsepower router. It was a woodworking okay. blog. But I sort of hid that message in the first chapter of a noir mystery that takes place in 1955, New York. And so I just wanted to, you know, this was an opening chapter for a mystery series. I thought it would be fun. The the readers, they knew that I'd been considering buying this router Mm -hmm. for several weeks. And so I just sort of hid that as a little uh, Easter egg in the story. The detective, his name is Henry Wood. It's a woodworking blog. Okay. And so there, there were those <laughs> like elements that. in there, but it, yeah. was, it was just fun. Now, actually, if if anyone read the current Henry Wood Detective Agency, that's actually the stuff that I wrote about in that blog post is in chapter two because a lot of writers will write the first chapter last or they mm. will go back and write a new first chapter yeah. sort of once they've got the whole book fleshed out because you can create a little more powerful opening hook once you finish the story. And so I I did that. But again, the point was, I just thought I would write one chapter of fiction, Mm. and the readers liked it. And so periodically I would write chapter two, three, four, and then in September of 2010, I finished the book, and immediately the comments were, oh, I can't wait for the next one. I didn't actually publish until I finished four novels hmm. in the Henderson series. And then I went on and wrote a thriller, a young adult, a couple satires, a science fiction series, and that may not necessarily be the best marketing strategy to jump genres like that. Mm-hmm. But it suits me. I, I enjoy it. I think I write a better better story if I'm challenged and entertained and not just writing, you know, thirteen books in one series. So
0: for me, that works. When you tell people about your fiction, and if people ask, a common question is, if we're going to pick up one of your books, where should we start? What's the title that you most frequently recommend?
1: My favorite is Underwood Scotch and Wry, W-R-Y, and it's a snarky satire. People that know me online know that there are few things I enjoy more than just mocking. I, I love sarcasm and yeah. witty humor and clever banter, and so... That book is about a very snarky college professor, and it's my favorite. So, Underwood, Scotch, and Rye would be where I would go if I if you if you're only going to read one Brian Meeks book, and you're not an author, go with that. If you're an author, read the Ads book because it'll make you more money.
0: Yeah, and that's um, one of the things I want to talk to you about. That too was because how I've come to know you. You were a speaker in Chicago. Well, um, you gave an excellent presentation I've bought your book I've, I've read your book, um, and it, you are a, you have a, a wonderful Facebook group uh, that supports oh. uh, that you support people you know, online with this this. Um, you have made quite a name for yourself as a marketer in in advertising. And what do you think where did you first take the leap from author to not just advertiser but um, advertising expert? Well,
1: I, I got to back up a little bit before two thousand and ten. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, there was a period of seven years of my life where I worked at, in the marketing department at Geico, where a fifteen minute call could
0: save my
1: <laughs> machines. Heard and I, I was a, I was a data data analyst. So okay. my job forty hours a week was data analytics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I learned to do a lot with Excel. SAS, a lot of code writing, and mm-hmm. developed a skill set at looking at data. I am not the best author out there. I have many, many friends who their book average reviews are four point five to four point eight, over hundreds and hundreds, some even thousands of reviews. My books come in at one four point one to four point three. They're they're very solid books. They're mm-hmm. not you know, they're not the novel of the century by any means. Mm-hmm. But what I have that most authors don't is a background in taking data and then making changes that will get me more sales. Mm -hmm. I've researched description, conversion rate, using copywriting, it's a powerful tool. We see copy every day on commercials, newspaper, billboards. Mm -hmm. That's an art form, and I use that art form plus data analytics to create descriptions that are frankly just, they convert better than 99% of the descriptions out there. And so taking the analytics and then combining that with Amazon ads, which provides a lot of data that if one learns some analytic basics, combining those things allowed me to, uh, I mean, with, with my, approximately I spend about, I spend spent about $50,000 on ads over the last three plus years mm-hmm. and have generated north of 200000 in sales.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Prior yeah. to doing that, I, I just didn't have much in sales because uh, there, there wasn't the, the mechanism, the AMS ads didn't exist mm-hmm. for me to do that.
0: And you, you've obviously had an excellent track record, And you know personally, and I think any author would say, okay, well, here's what he's able to do. He's admitting that these are average books. This is not you know, a one-off bestseller that has some, you know, something that isn't do- replicable. It's not
1: It's not the Martian.
0: <clears throat> right. So, but I think that's a wonderful starting place. It's a wonderful baseline to say, okay, well, if you can write a, a solid book that's, you know, among the average of its peers and say, okay, what can I then do with this? I think that you set a really reasonable bar for people to say, yeah, I think okay. I can do that. And then... Brian, you can help me get to this level, and obviously, because you've achieved this uh, well, level. I well, think that's an excellent place to come at from a marketer's
1: standpoint. You You mentioned the group. There's, uh, we just passed around 5,500 people in the group, and I've mm-hmm. not talked with all of them. But when the group was started back February 24th of last year, it started with 20 people, then 50, then 100, and mm-hmm. through the first thousand people, I quite literally interacted with almost all of them, and I can tell you that in the two or 3,000 of the group members that I've had some sort of interaction with over that time, I can only remember one one single person who I just think didn't have a high enough quality. Well, actually, the reviews were good. Mm. Their cover was just so horrific, Mm. and they didn't believe me. Everybody else, I, I believe, could make... Now, does that mean that but we'll make it. No, absolutely not, because right. the deal is, and I in Chapter 4 I talk about this, setting expectations. This is the biggest hurdle I have when working with authors, is getting them beyond the idea of the easy button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, somebody listening to this can, if they chose to buy my book, that would be lovely. If they read it, I always suggest read it once through that before writing any ads, then mm-hmm. go back and read it through more slowly because mm-hmm. I, I, there are many, many people in the group that have gone from a few hundred dollars to 10000 but a 100% of those people have read my book two, three, four times, and this will scare some people. There is math. <laughs> now, it, it, it's fifth-grade level math. It's not hard yeah. stuff, but some people turn their minds off at the moment they hear the M word.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The people that have succeeded, many of them were math phobes, mm-hmm. probably eighty percent. But they got through it. They went through the book, a slow time. They did the math. They forced themselves. If they had to ask a ten or eleven year old in their house how to do it, <laughs> they, you know they they, they did that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they saw it wasn't so bad. And there's usually a point where it clicks, where it's mm-hmm. like, you know what, that's not really unreasonable. And once. That happens, the voice in their head that's telling them you can't do math turns off and, and they just go, it goes through the roof. But that's a lot of people aren't willing to, to, to go, you know, make that extra step of, of of doing the math and going through it slowly and knowing that if you start today, it might take six months, it might take a year. I literally got a message two hours ago from a woman that joined the group about nine months ago. And she sent me a thank you today saying that after nine months, she's finally got it. She's having her best month.
0: Mm. She's
1: profitable. And she's so excited. But her it, it took her a long time yeah. to get over some of those things. Yeah. So that's
0: hard. Definitely not an easy button for sure. Um, one of the things I want to take a, a quick moment. I, there's quite a few people watching. And I wanted to uh, let people know if you have questions for Brian, feel free to... Um, go ahead and post those in the comments, or if you are if you are watching live, we'll try to get to those live. There's usually a little bit of a delay, um, f- but we'll try to get to them while we can, while the show is airing. If you are watching the replay, uh, please ask your questions anyway, because we will be able to uh, come back on and answer questions in the comments. And Brian has, has generously agreed yeah. to do that. So uh, I love
1: to do that.
0: Yeah. So if you have questions, who are watching, feel free to to, to post up. Um, you know, your questions and comments, and we'll also be sharing some links later to, to some of maybe to your group and um, possibly to uh, your books as well for, for people. So, sure, sounds great. So, Brian, one um, of the things that, that you have focused on, you have focused your attention as part of your overall, you know, ads strategy, you mm-hmm. have now sort of focused down on Amazon. Could you give us a, just a couple, um, you know, minutes on maybe just, why Amazon, why has this been the one that you have devoted so much of your, your time and your passion and your energy to? Well, quite
1: simply, mm-hmm. it's it was a market that was underserved. Mm-hmm. We all know Mark Dawson, he mm-hmm. does a great job with Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Michael Cooper's book on Facebook ads is fantastic. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anyone addressing Amazon ads, and and they're different. If yeah. you come from Facebook ads, you may have to forget some of the assumptions that you're used to making in order for your Facebook ads to be successful because the Amazon system's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And frankly, the reason I wrote the book was because back in January of last year, in the 20 books to 50K group, people were asking questions about Amazon ads. And I knew the answers because I had been doing them for several years. I had mountains of data. At that point, I was around 90 million impressions, 500,000 clicks. And so I really knew the answers to really all their questions. Mm -hmm. So I kept answering them.
0: Yeah.
1: And somebody would say, well, when are you going to write a book? Mm -hmm. And after about five weeks of that, where I was spending an hour or two a day, because it's really cool knowing the answers. And I enjoyed it. Yeah. I just decided, you know what, I'm going to write this book. And I did it. And I created this group. And I even... Even the group was a way for me to do research.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everybody that joined the group, one of the requirements is that you buy the book. And that's mm-hmm. it costs ten bucks, nine ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. I want people to not ask the basic questions mm-hmm. because you know that's that takes a lot of time to answer. And they all agreed that they could join my beta and read the book ahead of time, but when I launched they would buy it and buy it the way I asked. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason it was the way I asked, is that I wanted to study whether there was a difference between a 99-cent book and a 9.99 book on influencing the rankings if they both had the same number of sales. 169 people volunteered to also spend the extra 99 cents so I could test that theory. And I proved that there is zero weighting of of the price of the book in Amazon's ranking algorithm, mm. and, and and it was it was something in research I'd been wanting to do, but I was able to do it in a controlled way yeah. because I had a group of people that were willing to help me out, and so and I did some uh, I did some research on keywords that was fantastic. I did research on also bots. and I mean, I can spend hours talking about the research. Of course, yeah, but but, but the point <clears throat> is that that was all the focus stemmed from. Just that being my area of expertise and mm-hmm. me wanting to help people out.
0: And I think what really comes across through all of that is your analytical mind. Your you've obviously devoted a lot of thought and energy into this. I was in one of the groups that was you know team guinea pig where we were and we went in yes. and, <laughs> and bought on a particular I day. Yeah. Um, I forget my team name, but I had it. I was on a team. and I, I, I'll um, look that <laughs> up. <later. laughs> But, um, yeah, I thought it was a very interesting strategy. It was a very focused strategy, and I think that was indicative of you kind of as a person and also kind of the things that people can expect from this book is that it is a very systematic approach, and you, you know, a lot of trial and testing, but also there's a lot of data there that you can, that you've tested, which I appreciate it.
1: And and I don't want listeners to be afraid of the D word, Mm -hmm. data, because this is this is something I've been seeing a lot more of lately or lately in the last six months and a message I've been trying to get out there is that far too many almost all people that have been in this business a while start to make assumptions about why things work
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: a common phrase that you'll hear somebody say or or advice that they will give is Go look at what the best sellers are doing and copy that. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. There aren't that many people, I mean, maybe a two, <laughs> mm-hmm. that do data analytics. Mm-hmm. And so the million-dollar sellers, they're not doing data analytics either. Yeah. So if you go and you do your, descri- your book description like they're doing their book description,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're going to have a description that converts at 1 in 30.
0: hmm
1: my descriptions convert one in 10. They, they do three times better. And it's because I've done the math. And so, just always be weary of somebody giving advice. Go do what they're doing mm-hmm. because the assumption is they make a million dollars a year. <clears throat> My first thought as an analyst is they're making a million I know from the math they're leaving two million on the table,
0: mm-hmm. and it's it's a fallacy too to, to believe that just because someone is doing doing well that they know why they're doing well. Uh, I was just having this conversation oh, this absolutely. morning with a couple of other authors. I'm having a really good sales day on my book one. Yesterday was a great day. I have no idea why. I couldn't tell you like what it's doing right, other than I had a recent book launch. But it's it's very sure. vague. I can't I can't look at this analytically and say this is the reason why it's. I'm making and, assumptions. And
1: sometimes sometimes <clears throat> you, you'll never find the answer. But here's mm-hmm.
0: the great thing about
1: data. When you start, when you get over that fear, I have played a game for maybe 20 years since I first got my data analyst job. And it's designed to train my brain to constantly be thinking like an analyst. It's so- something simple. If you're going to the grocery later today, Nathan, mm-hmm. I want you to, just before you, you leave your desk, Predict at what time you'll walk through the grocery doors. Now, you're, you look at your watch, you may say 15 minutes, okay? Mm. Get there and it's 23. Well, mm-hmm. you know what, if you play that game for two or three weeks with everything you do, you're just, we are naturally good at recognizing patterns. You will start to improve at your estimation. Mm. Now you take that knowledge and start to have hypotheses about, okay, I'm running a book bump today. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing I'm going to get 34,300 downloads. And the first time you do it, you're off by 7,000. So you say, well, I wonder why. Was it the day of the week? Mm. Well, you know, what could have been causing that? But now you get out to your sixth book, Bub, and you've been playing that game, and you're predicting within a 1,000 or so, and you're factoring in the fact that you know the thriller group went from 2.8 million to 3.3 3 million. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you start to get good at that. And, and you will be able to better come up with a theory about why things happen. And that allows you to make smart decisions. And so it's it's a simple game. Yeah, but so if everyone played it that way. And some
0: elimination, out, process of elimination yeah. somewhat. and yeah, um, and How many
1: parents out there who at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a school day when the kids are home and all of a sudden the house is perfectly quiet think that's a good thing?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: No trouble is brewing. That—that's that's based a on experience. That's yeah. a pattern recognition, and so everybody can do it. It doesn't matter how much of a math phobia you think you are, or mm-hmm. whatever. We all naturally recognize patterns. We know what an oct- a red octagon shape means mm-hmm. when you're driving, and yeah. so that—that's again part of my message is trying
0: to get people to understand it. Anybody mm-hmm. really can think like an analyst. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to invite everyone who's watching. Like I said we've got a lot of people watching. I haven't seen any comments pop up. I want to make sure that that's not an issue on our end. If you are just watching and enjoying uh, Brian's conversation, just maybe just say hello and, and let me know that you're watching so that I can see that the comments are at least working. Um, sure. That sure. way we're not leaving anybody out. Um, but yeah, Brian, so obviously we have a, we have a relatively short format episode. We don't, aren't able to cover um, in depth what you do in sure. mastering Amazon ads. said, so It can yeah. take nine months to, to get through it, that and make absolutely. it successful. But could you talk a little bit about your general philosophy um, when it comes to, do you have a, a more yes. broad strategy when it comes to marketing in general and then Amazon ads specifically?
1: Oh, a- absolutely. And it, it goes to, to testing. So the, the nature of bids, this is something that has changed Unfortunately, the bids have gone up since I launched the book. Mm -hmm. And that's just economics. You get four or 5,000 people doing Amazon ads that weren't doing it this time last year, more competition, it drives the bids up. But here's what's interesting. Of late, I've been seeing the bids come down. And you talk about a global strategy. My focus is always about testing. Mm -hmm. This is another problem that people who start off with ads Will sort of fall into is maybe they at the beginning because they're 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 following the book they're testing they find mm-hmm. X is the the bid that works for them and then maybe after two months they need to go up three more cents so they do
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then it works for a long time and they're getting ads that are running for a really long time they don't remember to continue to test well would twenty eight cents work now. Yeah. What about twenty four cents? Right. And that can be a huge deal because if you go from thirty three down to twenty five, you're talking about a thirty three per cent drop
0: mm-hmm.
1: in what you're spending. And if you're trying to scale and go from one thousand to ten thousand, you mm. might be spending four or five thousand a month. Right. But if you can get a thirty three percent bang for your buck on that, yeah, now that same pile of money is getting you to twelve or thirteen thousand. Yeah. And all it took was you know, a couple times a week testing out some other ads at low bids. Now, mm-hmm. 9 out of 10 times I'm testing things, mm-hmm. I don't get any good results. I do research 90% of the time, nothing conclusive that's valuable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you find that 1 that one out of 10 that works,
0: mm-hmm.
1: usually means a fairly good increase in your revenue. So that's, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's sort of my global strategy is always- No, it is and never assume that you've got it dialed in because seasons affect things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, Summer, people's lives change. Fall and winter, and, and and then right in January, after the holidays, it's constantly changing. So uh, just try to stay on top of it as best you can.
0: Do you have some um, tips for people um, regarding what you think is working right now? Any tips that you can throw out for people that are... Current it, 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 It's hard because I work with a lot of
1: different authors and the realities are if you've got, if we've got ten people listening, it is unlikely that those ten, that there's even two of them that write in the same job, genre. Mm-hmm. There might be two romance authors and three romance authors, but I, I just can't think of an example that applies to historical romance, thriller, young adult, mm-hmm. middle grade, they're all so different. And it brings up another question that I see all the time. People will ask, what are you bidding? Mm -hmm. And the problem is 15 people can answer, but if they're not writing military science fiction and that's what you write, their answers don't really apply. And Mm -hmm. what if your Mm -hmm. bids to make it work are 20% lower than all the answers you've got. It could be a dangerous mistake to follow that wisdom of the crowd. Right. It's
0: obviously very dependent on your competition and who you're bidding for, of course, what uh, what books you're trying to show up for. Um, But one of the things that does remain fairly constant is the quality of your copywriting. Um, being essential across the board, no matter the genre, no matter what you're bidding. um, Your copy has to convert. And you talked about your copy converting, you know, one in 10 as opposed to one in 30. Could you give people a couple of tips regarding how to create stronger copy?
1: Oh, absolutely. I I truly believe that if the first line of your book description. And and I want to delineate between those ad copy, which Mm -hmm. is less important the description copy because when a person reads a clever bit of ad copy Mm -hmm. and they click, by the time they've read through your description and they're to the point where they're making a decision, Mm -hmm. will they buy it or download it on KU, they've forgotten the original copy that got them there. So that isn't as important to stress out about as the description. The description is what sells. Tip one, if the opening line, the first line, is more than six words, it's too long. Hmm. people don't have the attention span, what happens is they click, their eyes scan from that little bit of space on Amazon Mm -hmm. from that first, second, and third line down to the read more Mm -hmm. where you expand, and their eyes are going for that read more button so they can click on it. If you can capture their attention in that tenth of a second they're going from top to bottom with an opening hook, Mm -hmm. she couldn't believe her luck.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: She couldn't believe her luck. Five words, or maybe even five words in ellipses, um, her life, and then start the next one with another ellipses, which I know isn't technically correct, but then her life would never be the same. Right. That, that's that's an open Raising hook. the stakes.
0: Like,
1: yeah, yeah. It's like, what's going on there? And you get them to hook. The only goal of the hook is once they hit read more, because they're they're going to mm-hmm. hit read more and scan top to bottom
0: if they right. see
1: giant paragraphs. And when I say giant. I mean, four lines or more, mm. they're going to tune out. Yeah. But if you have short paragraphs and you and you separate them with other tiny hooks,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then they see that oh, this isn't a threatening giant block of text. Right. Now, admittedly, it's ironic. They're shopping for a giant book of text so they can. But but they're online on Facebook. Yeah. We don't have time to read things. And I have tested this. If you look at any of my posts in the 20 Books to 50K group or my group, I write with proper copywriting. Mm -hmm. I always answer questions with hooks, short paragraphs. I separate them with blank lines. Mm -hmm. The formatting is as important as the copy. And my posts, like in 20 Books to 50K, they average between 500 and 750 likes and loves because I'm a great copywriter. Mm -hmm. And when I answer somebody's question within another post. If I mm-hmm. get 100 likes and mm-hmm. 30 or 40 responses, this is something people can do. You can practice your copywriting when you're commenting on your friend's new puppy.
0: Okay, yeah, that's a great tip. Right
1: Why I do it? And, and to add a blank line, hold down shift and hit enter twice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you will notice that those comments you used to make that got two likes and a love, one of them from the original poster, are now getting 10 12 15 interactions and if that doesn't tell you the value of learning copywriting
0: mmm
1: it should because that will change that will change everything
0: yeah we're living in a digital age and a digital landscape in some of these little minute details of adding a space knowing how to shift down to the next line on a Facebook comment um, it, it's interesting that these little granular details are the things that are setting apart um, the successful from the less successful
1: exactly can you imagine how much i 'd be making if I was actually one of those four point five to four point eight authors? but I just my passion is the analytics. Mm-hmm. I am sure that I can study the craft of writing mm-hmm. and improve. I believe it you know anybody can improve I think you have to have a certain level of of competence, mm-hmm. but you know once you get that level you can improve but that 's not what my passion lies. I love teaching this stuff, I love the research and so. That's, yeah. uh, that's
0: what I do. I can definitely tell that you seem to have the heart of a teacher because you are so uh, generous with your information. You didn't just hoard all this knowledge to yourself and say, hey, it's mine, 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 and I'm, I'm going to be successful and no one else is. I,
1: I, I hoard some knowledge. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, I teach a course, and it's expensive. It's $495. Yeah. I have a, uh, a lecture in there about back matter. Everybody's doing back matter wrong. There's mm-hmm. 150 people in my course that are doing it right. I did research... I improved the back matter of my Henry Woods series, so that my 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 read through went from we're talking seven years of data where it was forty two to forty four percent is sixty percent now. Wow, that's a massive it's a
0: improvement. Big increase, yeah.
1: sixty percent. And most people, when they get a person to book two, get you know 90 percent ninety eight percent of the people will read the rest of the way through the series. It's that first jump. That is, you know, if you can improve that by even one percentage point, mm-hmm. it means a lot of extra revenue through your whole series. And I hoard that research because, again, you know, I can't give it all away for free. Sometimes I
0: right, I, yeah. I if you do, a little money. <laughs> well, as <laughs> right. they say, if you do something well, don't do it for free, right? Jack. <laughs> exactly. um, thank you to viewers who have signed on and, and said hello. Thank you, Doug, for saying hey. Thank you, Marilyn, for for your comments. Hi, Doug, I appreciate. Um, appreciate you you saying hi, and letting us know that the comments work. Um, so there's there's obviously a lot to absorb, um, and of course your your book was a, a great place to start uh, mastering Amazon ads. And um, can you tell people the name of the the group if they are interested since they're oh, if they're planning same, to buy the book?
1: Yeah, same same name as the book. It's Mastering Amazon Ads mm-hmm. and Offers Guide, and then it's Dash Beta. And when you go to uh, to join, you know, I have to approve it, and I ask three questions. Uh, I don't know what they are, but the second one is, have you bought the book yet? And again, as I said, yes, I like the $7, but more than that, I spend a lot of time answering questions, and so I really want people to at least give the book a read before they start at asking, you know, well, how do I set up an ad?
0: So it's like, that's well, that's the, chapter two. Yeah, th-
1: th- so. That's exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I completely understand that. Um, and if people want to find out more information about your fiction, where is the best place to find more about you and as an author?
1: Oh gee whiz! Um, I, I anymore, my fiction has become my test subject. I I, I mm. literally let all of my ads die after I launched this book, so mm. that my sales would drop to next to nothing, so I could do the research,
0: yeah,
1: like the back matter and the research I did on on the uh, the copywriting because I thought that was valuable. And so I just mm-hmm. started cranking them up again. But, you know, if you search on Brian Brian Meeks on Amazon, you'll find my books. I also write my science fiction series and my young adult, Killing Hemingway, mm-hmm. are under Arthur Byrne, B-Y-R-N-E. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brian Meeks or Arthur Byrne will get you to my books that are the fiction if somebody wants to read one of my tales. Like I said, Underwood, Scotch, and Rye is pretty good. Killing right. Hemingway is awfully cute. It's, it's <laughs> It, okay. it, it's a young adult about a child genius, but that's where you can find me.
0: And do you still blog about woodworking?
1: Nope, haven't done that. In I long. stopped blogging on April twenty sixth, uh, two thousand sixteen, mm. and, and but on that day, the last day I wrote the blog post, I had written every day from January second, two thousand ten, through April twenty sixth, or I'm sorry, March twenty sixth, two thousand sixteen. So wow. I had a pretty long streak. And then it just got to the point where I wrote seven of my novels as blog posts. Yeah, I, I just I was too busy being a full time author. I kind of reached my goal
0: mm-hmm. to, to yeah. continue
1: to be a blogger. It, it's a great way to improve your craft, though.
0: Well, your dedication is obviously showed, and it's obviously paid off for not not just for you, but for your, your clients and and your readers as well. So thanks. Well, Brian, um, we kind of got to the end of our half hour. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I hope that we can have you on it again in the future and potentially Anytime. Um, dive, delve into marketing again. So, yeah, thank you so much, and uh, have a fantastic day. Thanks, everybody. All right, thanks, everyone, for watching. All right, bye.